as we have been journeying through, um, through John, we've been kind of camping out. We, we got John and uh, Jesus as they went from the Garden of Gethsemane to the upper, uh, to the, um, I'm sorry, from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane. And, uh, and there at the, uh, John, uh, we, we kind of camped out there last week while we went back and looked at this prayer, the prayer that never fails or the hardest prayer that you'll ever pray, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. It's a prayer that Jesus had, had uh, when his disciples had asked him to, them to teach him to pray. And he had, uh, this is part of it, not my will, but thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he modeled that for, for us there in the Garden of Gethsemane as he faced the, the most difficult time of his life. The, the stress and the burden of uh, becoming the sin bearer for all humankind there on the cross of Calvary. This morning I'd like to, we're going to pick up with uh, verse 15. And I, and I want to look again a little bit and uh, more about this garden experience before we go on from there. And I want to talk about, um, about Peter. It says, and Simon Peter, remember, remember the situation now. Uh, they've, they've, they've come at the authorities have come to the garden to arrest Jesus. Uh, and Simon had a sword. There were a couple of swords with him. He, he had a sword and, um, and he, he lobbed off the ear of one of the people that was in the, in the arresting party. Someone, Robor reminded me this morning, she said, Jerry, it wasn't just a, a little, uh, you know, a thin rapier sword like Zorro fights with. This was a, probably a big broadsword, and he wasn't just nicking the ear. He was going for the whole head. He just missed. And, uh, and uh, so then Jesus puts the ear back on and kind of uh, with a mild rebuke for Peter and says, Peter, that's not the way it works here. God's got a different plan. So we're picking up with it with verse 15 of John chapter 18. And Simon Peter followed Jesus as they led him away, bound and, and arrested. And so did another disciple. That disciple was known unto the high priest and went in with Jesus into the palace of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door outside. And then the other disciple, which is known to the high priest, went to the young girl who was keeping the door and told her to bring Peter in. Then the young girl that kept the door said to Peter, are you not one of this man's disciples too? And he said, I'm not. And the servants and officials stood there who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them, and he warmed himself. And down to verse 25, and Simon Peter stood and warmed himself, and said therefore unto, they said therefore unto him, are you not one of his disciples too? And he denied it, saying, I'm not. And one of the servants of the high priest, who was, a kin, who was a, probably a cousin of the man whose ear Peter cut off, said to him, didn't I see you in the garden? <laughs> now, again, this would, uh, remember, this is, they just come from, an, from uh, within a, a short time, a couple of hours, three hours at the most. And, uh, and this guy, pretty unmistakable, even in the, the, port, the torch light there in the garden, but uh, it's pretty intense, uh, this man drawing a sword and uh, cutting off the ear, and it looked like there's going to be a lot of bloodshed, and then Jesus reaching down and putting the ear back on, and this was guy's kin, this was one of his kinfolk. He said, you're the, you're the one who cut my cousin's ear off. Peter said, he said, I wasn't even there. Then Peter denied again, and immediately the rooster crowed. Now, I want to take time this morning to, uh, to stop, and I want to talk about when we fall. When we fall, uh, and the title of my message is "Help, I've Fallen." 
and I can't get up. <laughs> I, I, and you know where I am. You, you know that, right? The commercial for the, the I guess, one of those contact things. They, and, I, and for me, it was uh, July 4th of this year. July 4th, and uh, we kind of, we had some family things planned, and, and uh, Barbie and I were, were doing stuff around the house July 4th morning, getting ready, and, and uh, we was going to cook and had ribs and all this stuff, and so I'm going downstairs to get something, I'm barefoot, and so I go down the, the, the stairs, and we got a landing, and then at the landing at the bottom of the stairs, and there's two more step downs from that. No problem, flew down those stairs, my mind was at the picnic, everywhere else, and on the landing, my toe caught one of the steps, and uh, I fell, man, the next thing I know, I am on the concrete floor, and, and I was hurting, first thought was, dad, Jim, I, now this is a hospital, I'm going to miss the ribs, and uh, you know, it's one of those things, and I lay there, and I thought, I, I broke my hip, I broke my leg, I broke my toe, and I'm, and I'm there, and then, and then as soon as I realized I could move it, and I was hurting all over, my first thought was, <laughs> help, I've fallen, and I can't get up, I, I just, weird, but that was it, you know. Well, Barbie hears the commotion upstairs, and, uh, and she hollers down, you all right? And I, I'm, how do I answer that? I'm laying here, I'm hurt, I'm, and uh, you know, I'm in my drawer tails, my, and my toe is broke, but I, I think I'm going to be all right. And she says, you all right? Do I need to call, do I need to call ambulance? And I'm like, shut up, leave me alone. Just let me hurt. I'll let you know how I am in a minute. <laughs> well, that which, which happens in the physical world happens all too often in our spiritual world. We, 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 we're just, we're completely got our mind on something else. We're not focused on exactly what's going on right there. And when we fall, man, we can really take a fall. Peter did. Peter did. And what I want to do this morning is I want you to walk with me. And, and really probably not so much as a sermon as it just, just as looking back and walking through and, and, and maybe learning and saying, what did, What happened? How could this, this guy, how could Peter, this close, close friend of the Lord, who had, who had man, he was, he was a tough man. Peter was a big guy. He was a big fisherman. He was a fisherman. He was tough. He was a man's man. He wasn't a wimp. He wasn't a, he wasn't a guy, kind of guy that you would think would turn. Matter of fact, I really believe when Peter drew the sword in the garden there and, and, and went for the head, I believe Peter... Fully expected, hey, this is, you know, this guy's, this is it. But he had been with Jesus. He had seen Jesus raise the dead. He had seen Jesus uh, heal the lame and the crippled. He, Peter, was the one that, had, that had, had walked on the Sea of Galilee out in the middle of the lake in the storm. And, and, and Jesus said, Peter, come on. Peter's the one that got out of the boat. He wasn't a coward. He wasn't timid. He had, got, he had walked on the water, at least for a little while. And I really believe that Peter thought, man, if I'm going to go to war, this is the kind of man I want to go to war with. So Jesus, two swords and you is enough for everybody, you know? And, uh, but yet when Jesus said, Peter, put your sword up, that, that wasn't what Peter expected. Does Jesus ever do something that you're not expecting? <laughs> I want to tell you, about the time you think you've got God put in a box, he'll kick a side out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, he'll kick us out of that. It wasn't what I expected. And so now we find that once Jesus is arrested, once he's yielded himself, surrendered, Peter's just hanging back at a distance. There were all kinds of messages that came to my mind. How, first one was uh, traveling from afar, it says it, or following from afar. It says that Peter 
follow it at a distance. You ever try following the Lord at a distance? Wow. You can get in trouble that way. Peter did. We're going to look at that. Let's uh, maybe look at the steps of this. To me, it, it, just, it was pretty obvious. And, and there's parallel passages now are in Luke 22. He gives a little bit more, more detail. Uh, in, in Luke 22, uh, we're, we're going to see a lot of things. Uh, and then in Mark chapter 14. Mark 14. So I'm going to be toggling back and forth through these a lot. But Mark 14, uh, start with, and you kind of keep fingers spread out over there. Mark 14, 29. Remember when they were in the upper room and Jesus was telling them about, hey, before the night's over, some of you guys are going to be offended because of me. Peter said to him, verse 29 of Mark 14, I don't care if the rest, I don't care if all the rest of them are offended. I won't. I'll not be offended because of you. And then an interesting in, in Luke 22, Luke 22, verse 38 was interesting to me. Um, Thirty-three, thirty-three. Peter and Luke was recording this, and Peter said to him, "You know, I, nobody's going to be offended." And Peter said to him, "Lord, I'm ready to go with you, both to prison." And to death. To prison and to death. Peter was, uh, Peter was sure. He, he, he was, as a matter of fact, this was his friend. Peter would never abandon friends. He, they, he was just that kind of guy. Once, he, 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 was, he was with you. But I'm reminded of a verse in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. That says, pride goes before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. You know, the most dangerous place I've heard for an alcoholic to be in is to say, hey, I can handle one beer. Yeah, I can handle that. No, no problem. Most dangerous place to be in is, have a, is, is being overconfident in our own selves. Now, I haven't been a coach for a while. I, I know that I used to tell people there's a fine line between being good and being cocky. But that line, when crossed, really makes a difference. I mean, look, look at the difference. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things. Right? Through Christ, which strengthens me. Peter was saying, I can do everything. I can do, I can do it, man. I've got you. I'm not going to let you down here. How many times have we really felt the same way? Lord, you know, I've got, I've got you. I mean, there's even been situations, right? And we think, and we've, we've walked and the Lord's, we think we've got the lessons down. And we say, okay, Lord, I, I remember last time I got this. If I, we don't say fall, but if I need you, I'll call on you. Yeah, laying on the floor. I've fallen and I can't get up. And I think the first step in Peter's case, the first step in that fall was just being overconfident in the own flesh without the Lord. Because that led, I think, to the next step. The second step, really interesting to, to me. In, in Mark chapter 14, in Mark 14, remember Jesus, after they've got to the garden, his disciples, his disciples, and he's, he's told the disciples, y'all, y'all right here a minute, and he said to Peter, James, and John, come on, come on, men. And, and he took Peter, James, and John a little bit further, and he, and he says to them in, in Mark 14, he, he, uh, he says to Peter, James, and John, y'all, y'all wait here and pray a while. 
And, and they, he shares with them. They see the anguish. They see the, the burden. They see the tent, the pressure he's under like never before. And he, and he says to them, pray with me, men. Pray with me. And the scripture tells us that, it, that he goes and he prays. And uh, in verse 36, it's when he prays and he says, not my will, but your will, Lord. And then look at verse 37. And he comes and he finds them sleeping. It's interesting to me. Look at what. And, it's, and, and uh, Mark says that Jesus said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Couldn't you watch and pray for an hour? Look at verse 38. Watch and pray so that you won't be tempted. I've always wondered about that. But I think, I think, I don't, I, I think, it's, I think it's very plain. Jesus knew within a matter of, 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 of a couple hours, Peter was going to face the most, the most critical, one of the most critical times of his life. He was going to face a time that Peter was confident that he could handle by himself. He was sure of it. Jesus had heard his words. He'd heard his assurance. But in the upper room, Jesus had reminded him, Peter, I know you're saying all this now. And you probably mean it. But before the rooster crows twice, you're going to deny me three times. And I, I can imagine Peter, ain't no way. Lord, I know you're Lord. I ain't, going to, I ain't going to get into it here in front of all the other men with you. But you're wrong. You're just wrong. And he goes to the garden. And, and I really believe Jesus is, you know, he, I need you to pray with me, guys. But when he comes back and he says, Peter, you need to be praying Folks, we, we, may, we may be pretty confident. We got it under control right now. And as far as we can see, we may have. But we don't know what we're going to be facing two hours from now. None of us do. Let alone two days or two weeks or two months. We don't know. And Jesus has said, we need to be in prayer. We need to be watching. Because when those times come, when we think we've got it under control, we're just, Satan is just ready if we aren't careful to tempt us. And he tempted Peter in the area where Peter thought he was most secure. You want to fight? I, you know, if I was going to, if, I was going to if, we, if the disciples were going to a brawl, I'd take Peter to go with me. He's the kind of man you'd want there. He kind of felt confident in this strength and this ability and, and, and himself. I'm a self, you know, I'm a fisherman. I know how to earn my own living. I know how to make my own way. I got you. Jesus says, Peter. You need to watch and pray. See, step one, I believe, is just being a little bit overconfident in our abilities without the Lord. Step two leads to carelessness and prayerlessness. Wow. It's in those times when we think we, got it by our, we can handle it, when we become most vulnerable to attack of the enemy. And that's what happened with Peter here. Is exactly what happened. And step two, this carelessness and prayerlessness, I believe, because of that, because of the lack of the, of the, of the, of the you know. And Jesus tells me, he comes back, he sleeps again. He says, I know, man, I know, you're, I know the Spirit's willing. I know you're tired. When you get tired physically, you become vulnerable spiritually. You know that? I know. You can. When we get overconfident in our own abilities apart from the Lord's, we become vulnerable I believe it led to, to step three. And step three is kind of a progression. Step three, I believe, is become, com- becoming comfortable around the world's fire. I thought, boy, if, if, if I could preach, some, if, a, a person that could preach, there's some good messages in this. 
warming by the world's fire would be a great message. Because see, the, the accounts here was, in, in Luke chapter 22, verse, verse let's, I'm there, let's, let me just look at Luke chapter 22. Uh, first of all, Peter goes, and, and, and uh, Mark says, he, or John says he stood by the fire. It was a cold night. Peter had been at a distance. He comes in, the guy, the, the soldiers and the people that were there in the garden, they kind of build a fire to, uh, to watch what's happening. And they're standing by the fire. It's cold. Peter comes up and begins warming himself by the fire. When we get to Luke chapter 2, let me just read it to you. Luke 22. It says, then they took him and led him and brought him to the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. Boy, again there. And when they had kindled the fire in the midst of the hall, and there were set down together, Peter sat down among them. I thought of Psalms 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the council of the gardens, now standeth in the way of sinners, now sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Remember we talked about that progression one Sunday night here not too long ago. Peter first just warmed by the fire. He was watching to see what Jesus was going to do. Folks, don't get too comfortable by the world's fire. Because the next thing you know, you may be sitting down. Look at what happened. Verse 59 of Luke 22. And about the space of one hour later, another one came and said to Peter, I know you as one of them. He'd been sitting by that fire, listening to these these men, listening to these people who had just arrested the Lord, maybe seeing, maybe hearing some of the the mistreatment or abuse of things that's been going on with Jesus there. He could see him. Jesus can see Peter. We know that from what's said here just a minute later. Now, Peter's been there an hour. And the longer you stay by the fires of the world, the more you'll find yourself doing things that you never thought you'd do. Peter's language, I believe, kind of been cleaned up for a good while. Finally, one of them says to to him, Peter, man, I know you're them because you're, you're, you're from Galilee. You can tell that by the way you talk and your language is betraying you. And the scripture says then, that Peter, and where is that? That's in Luke chapter, in Luke verse 66. And, when, and many other, as, as it says, let me read it here to you here. Uh, no, Mark 14. 66. But he denied saying, I, I don't know him. Neither I, I don't know what you're talking about. And the maid saw him again and began to say to him, this is one of them, and, the, and he denied it again. And a little after that, in verse 70 of Mark 14, they stood by him again and said to Peter, surely you're one of them, for you're a Galilean, and, and listen to you talk. In verse 71, look at this. And he began to curse and to swear and saying, I don't even know who you're talking about. Wow. I've fallen. I don't know how to get up. Here is, the, here is the man. Jesus has been in his house. Jesus, one point, healed his mother-in-law who had been sick. And, and, he, and he, Jesus healed her and she gets up and cooks supper for him. Here's a man that, is, again, has been with Jesus when he took the, the little boy's lunch of the loaves and fishes and multiplied them and fed 5,000. Here's a man who's seen and he knows what Jesus can do. But the, but the drive to deny was a short trip 
only in a matter of a of, of few hours here. And now he's fallen. All of us fall. I want to talk a little bit about the road to redemption. How do we get back up? I've fallen and I can't get back up. Okay? The commercial is we got this button you can push and help's on the way. Well, I want to tell you, for the believer, you don't have to have a button to push because there's a, there's a Savior who loves us. And I want you to look at what happens. As sooner as, as, sooner, as, sooner, as soon as, look here in, verse, in Mark 14 now, he began to curse and to say, cuss in front of the kids. He's cussing in front of this little girl. He's cussing. I don't know him. And the second time, the rooster crowed. Remember what Jesus had told him, Peter? Before the rooster crows two times, you're going to deny me three times. And the second, I really want to preach a message someday about the rooster that crowed. And Peter, second time the rooster crowed, Peter remembered, but let me, let me, but first let me go and tell you the look in Luke 22. What happened? In Luke 22, and it says, and the Lord turned well Luke twenty two sixty says and immediately when he yet spoke the, the rooster crowed and the Lord verse sixty one of Luke twenty two the Lord turned around and he looked at Peter Wow now I remember preaching on this one time before I, I don't believe and I'll tell you why just in a, in a few minutes I don't believe that Jesus' look was a look of anger I don't believe it was a look of, I told you so, Peter, Dad Jimmy, if you'd have listened to me, I tried to tell you this in the upper room. I tried to tell you this in the garden. Now look where it's got you. I don't believe it was a look of scold and hatred. You know, a lot of us, that's kind of what we're used to. That's kind of what we're expecting, right? I mean, we are. I mean, really. We, we fall. And we fully, fully expect that while we're down, Jesus is going to put the other foot down on us. But that's cause what, that's what happens, right? Jesus turned and looked at Peter. And I believe it was a look of love. I believe it was a, a look of compassion. I believe it was a look, because let me tell you why I believe that. Because of what it says here in, in God's word, it says, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Peter, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me twice. You're going to deny me three times. And verse 62 says, and Peter went out and wept bitterly. All right, what's the road to redemption look like. Miss Dorothy Helton used to say, and I remember telling me one day, she said, son, she called me son sometimes. I was her nephew, but she said, son, it don't matter how many times you fall, it's how many times you get up. Kind of reminds me of a verse in Proverbs 24. Look at this, Proverbs 24, 16. It says, for a just man falls seven times. Now, I'd like to think that's all I've ever failed, but that's probably, that's probably one of those things of seven t- in times seven in one day, okay? And gets up again. That's it, and gets up again. But the wicked shall fall in the mischief. And the, and, and, and the connotation there is if the wicked fall and there's no one there to lift them up. There's no one there because the enemy is not gonna lift you up. Getting up. With Peter, it began with a look. And remembering. Reminds me, he said he didn't remember the words. It reminds me of a passage in Revelations chapter 2. Revelations chapter 2, and I use this a lot of times in, in, in premarital counseling. 
Revelation chapter 2, Jesus is, is telling John, these are the letters to write to the churches, different churches. And in chapter 2, he's writing to the church at, at Ephesus. The book of Ephesians is written there. But he's telling John, write this to the church, the Christians that meet at Eph- in, in, in Ephesus. And he had some good things to say about them. He said, man, y'all, y'all, y'all got the right kind of stuff going on at that church. You believe the right things. You don't like the wrong kind of things. You're doing some good stuff. And then he gets to verse 4, and he says this. He says, nevertheless, I'm somewhat against you. And, and G- what we'd say today is Jesus said, but there's one thing we need to talk about. There's one thing we need to talk about. You've left your first love. Now, that's, to the, that's to what he was saying to the church in Ephesus. Today, I think we'd say it like this. You, you don't love me like you used to. I'm not even going to talk about the, the principle that I think applies in our relationships physically, especially marriage relationship. That's another, that's another topic. But I do want to talk about it spiritually in the context that Jesus gives it here. Let me just ask you, for some of you, this is going to be an easy journey. For some of you, you're going to have to go back a day or two. Do you remember when you were first saved? If you're a Christian, do you remember when you were saved? That, that season, that season. Remember how, you couldn't, remember, how you, if you, remember how you just couldn't get enough of God's word? You, I mean, you, man, you were in it. Remember how you prayed? Remember how when you come, you get around in a, in a youth group or you get around a church and, and just start singing the songs? And man, the, the word, every one of the words just jumped off the page and you just wanted to sing it. That's that coming from somewhere deep down inside of you. You loved him. You loved him. I remember telling daddy, I was, I was only saved when I was nine years old. But when I was nine years old, I realized that, that Jesus Christ had forgiven me of everything I had ever done. I had a long list of sins at nine years old. But they were long enough. And I remember not only knowing that Jesus had forgiven me, but I remember understanding that I didn't have to be afraid of dying and going to hell because Jesus saved me. He cleansed me. He washed me in his blood. And I remember saying to daddy, uh, within a few days after that, Daddy, I just wish I could get saved again. And I remember Daddy saying, Son, one time's enough. And I said, I wish I could just feel that way. And I remember Daddy saying to me, Son, that's what walking it out is about. Jesus said to those people at, 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 at Ephesus, You're just not passionate about your love for me like it used to be. Now, this was a problem. This what happens is what happens when we fall often. And, and the road to redemption begins with the next verse. Look at this, verse 5. Jesus says, this is the remedy when you've lost that passion for the Lord. This is also, again, the remedy for when you've lost that. Uh, boy, that is so bad. It must be getting lunchtime or something. I thought of a country song. And it's a bad one. Lost that love and feeling. Is that a country song? All right. All right, don't even go there. Some of you are going to be thinking about that song instead of about what the Holy Spirit wants to listen to right here. He says, first of all, remember... Therefore, from which you've fallen, the first step back on the road to redemption is remembering. For Peter, Jesus looked at him, that, that, and at that look prompted the remembrance. Said, and Jesus remembered. Not only did he remember what Peter remembered what Jesus had told him, but he remembered all the things that he had done. He remembered, probably remembered the time that, that, that Jesus had said to him, Peter, get out of the boat and come on. And he remembered when he started looking down, he looked around at the waves and he started sinking. And Jesus, Peter said, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand. He remembered. He remembered. Remember what it was like? Remember that love? Remember that 
so sure that Jesus had you, in there, had you there, he remembered. And then the second part of the road to redemption, the second step is, what does it say? Remember from what you're falling. What's the next one? Repent. Do a 180. Isn't that, isn't that what we talk about? Repentance is changing correction, directions completely, right? It's, it's turning around and going in another direction. Do a 180. Scripture says Peter went out and wept bitterly. Now, there's a verse in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, I think it is, that says, uh, Godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. We talk about the worldly sorrow and, and, and godly sorrow. Worldly sorrow says, I'm sorry I got caught. Godly sorrow says, I'm sorry I failed you. And, I, and, and, the, and, and I, I'm sorry that, that, uh, that I've broken your law. I'm sorry I've broken your heart. And that leads to repentance, a change of direction. The third step on the road to redemption is one that, that I, I love. And we see this. And he says, back to Revelation, and do the first works. I call it redo. Remember, repent, and redo. Redo, do the things again that you used to do. For Peter, that comes. Now, I can imagine, three days here, Peter leaves, Jesus looks at him, Peter leaves, he's weeping. They're going to crucify Jesus, Judas is going to commit suicide, Peter's left with that look, Peter's left with that repentance, Peter's left with that brokenness. Is there ever going to be any help? I've fallen and I can't get up. Three days later, when the stones roll back, when the reports come, that he's really alive. He's still alive. Jesus meets with the disciples. And I can imagine Peter thinking, oh, does he still want me to meet with him? I'm the one that's so sure. Does he still want me? Have you ever, you ever felt like that? You ever fallen? I mean, spiritually, failed horribly? And the enemy says, you've done too much. You've cursed him. Peter had cussed in front of the kids. Peter had said he didn't even know him. Reminded of a story. I'm going to share this with you in close real quickly. Read a story this week of a couple, Parker and Flossie York. And, and Parker was, the story was from his perspective. Parker and Flossie had been married for many years. There were, there were different seasons of life. And somewhere along the way, Flossie began to have difficulty. And uh, the doctors diagnosed her with Alzheimer's. They had tried to prepare him for what was going to happen and, and all that would happen. But the, the disease continued to get worse. And soon... Uh, Parker was feeding Flossie, and um, then he was then he was helping helping her get dressed, and then he was bathing her and helping her get dressed, and eventually he would be even changing her her, her diapers. And Flossie was somewhere else; she would just sit and stare. Parker tells a story. I'll try not to cry at this. But, the, it, but it's so pretty, and it's such a pretty picture of, of my Jesus. Parker said they were sitting in the living room one day, 
or the front room or the parlor, I don't know you want to call it. They were sitting in that room you come into first, you know. And, and said his, his Flossie was just sitting looking out the window. She was somewhere in her other world. And he was just sitting over there, tired. And he said she turned toward him. And she called his name. She said, Parker? And he immediately looked. And he looked at this, his eyes that had been way somewhere else, had been so long. And, he, and she looked at him. She said, Parker, do you still want me? Oh, my gosh. He said he ran to her side. He took her hand in his. And he said, honey, the greatest joy of my life is serving you. Yes, I still want you. And he said she smiled. And she turned and looked out the window. And she was somewhere else again. Sometimes, when we've fallen... I don't even know if we get the courage, but sometimes really, truth be known, we wonder, Lord, do you, do you want me still? Do you love me still? How could you love me after all I've done? Dear friend, good friend of mine recently said, I've done so much. How can God forgive me? I've fallen so often. How can I even look to him to help me up again? Well, let me tell you what happened to Peter. It was one morning on the sea of, sea on the lake side of Galilee again. Jesus is not ascended back to the Father yet. Fishermen have been out there fishing, and they've cold and tired, and got a lot of stuff on their mind. Sometimes you just get, sometimes you just go fishing, Jim, to get your mind away from everything else. You get your mind on catching fish. Jim said, "You may, Pastor. That's probably why you don't do too good." But I go to catch. Uh, sometimes you go to woods just to get your mind. Sometimes you go to the golf call course. Ladies and God love you. Sometimes you just do dishes to get your mind off. Sometimes you vacuum. I know, right? Why does a man get to go do stuff and we have to stay there to do? I don't know. But sometimes it just, you know, it's just our, our mind. And, and, and all of a sudden the, the disciples see somebody on the, on the lake bank. Got a fire going. There's so many things about this. I love this. I wonder if Peter thought last time I sat around a fire, what happened? But this is Jesus, and he's got some fish cooked, and he's got some stuff out there, and he, and he asked him to come and eat. It's in the last chapter of John we're going to look at later, but, but you remember the story? Remember the story? And he's sitting there, and they're eating, and they're talking. They might, I bet they're talking 100 miles an hour, and it's not been the, 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 the elephant. They're on the, on the lake bank between Peter and Jesus, and Jesus looks to, to Peter and says, Peter? Right? You know what's right? Do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my lambs. And he asked him, do you love me? Three times. He said, feed my sheep. Here's a man that did not even know him. Here's a man that's following the distance. Here's a man that stayed way too long at the, at the fire of the world. Here's a man that cussed in front of the kids, of the, of the kid, girl. Does God even want him anymore? God says, Peter, I've got a plan for you. I want you to strengthen your brothers. And on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, Peter preached. And over 3,000 people gave their hearts to the Lord that day. This is a man 
that had fallen tremendously. He fell hard. He fell far. He fell all the way to the bottom. And he couldn't get up. But Jesus reached down and said, let me lift you up. And years later, church history tells us that years and years later, when, um, when they would come to execute Peter because of his faith in the Lord, as an old, old man, they said, we're going to crucify you just like the ones you claim to serve. And Peter said, I am not even worthy to be crucified like my Savior. Could you crucify me upside down? Wow. The road to redemption begins with a look. Remembering, repenting, and redoing. Don't get hung up somewhere halfway. Don't, when you find yourself, if you're here this morning, you found yourself fallen, and you're wondering, does he even want me anymore? Does he love me anymore? You need to be reassured that Jesus Christ loves you. And all of us are damaged goods. But it's his grace, his glory, and his goodness that comes in and fixes us up. Psalm says this way, says he lifted me up out of a miry pit. And he set me up on a solid rock. And he tuned me up because he put a new song in my mouth. (laughs) I love that. This morning, if you're here, if you're just hurting, maybe someone else is that you know of, and they need to know that our Lord specializes in lifting up, setting up, and tuning up. And he can do it. He did it in Peter. And the scripture says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? And he'll do it in you. Well, I've got to 1230, a little bit long. But boy, I needed this. (laughs) Yes, I did break my toe and it was blue and still choir and axe choir. And I guess I've got scars on my shin. And yes, when I go down the steps, I'm a little bit more careful now than I used to be. Because I understand the minute we stop paying attention, we can fall. Father, wow, how you love us. I, and, you, and you know, Lord, we, some of us are here this morning and uh, we understand. Some of us are here and maybe we're still wondering with that question as Parker's precious Flossie did. After all that you have to do for us, after all the cleaning up and the caring for us that you do aren't you tired you still want us and you run to us you take us in your arms and you said oh yes maybe some of us are here this morning Lord and, and uh, it's, it's, we find ourselves maybe in, in a garden where Jesus is saying hey you need to be watching me you need to be praying you don't, you don't see what's out there tomorrow or the next day, but I do, and I'm going to tell you, you need 
prayer strength. You don't need to get careless and you don't need to let yourself become prayerless. You need to be in the word. You need to be growing. You need to put your roots down deeper. You need to be drawn in that nourishment because there's times of testing that are coming. Be ready. Be ready. And then, Father, all of us need a good reminder that your word is altogether true, but it says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You are our source of strength. You are the giver of eternal life. Father, it's my prayer this morning now. As we close, if there's those who have never trusted you as Lord and Savior, that right now, they would say, God, come into my life. I, I, the, a God that loves me that much, I want to I spend the rest of my life serving. Come into my life. If you've never done that, but right now, you just you want to make that commitment. Just raise your hand up and let me pray with you. Just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. This won't save you. James tells, says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. And I believe this is a step in that direction. If you're here and you've never accepted the Lord, just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Quickly. Quickly. Okay, Father, I commit the rest of this to you. If you're here this morning and the uh, Holy Spirit speaking to you as a Christian, let it, let, listen, be quick to hear and obey what he says to you. I know he loves you. Now, Father, you go with us from this place. May your Holy Spirit continue to be the speaker, I pray in Christ's name. Amen.